Thank you, O Lord. Yeah, you can do that. Hey, Marsha, you can give your testimony. She sent me a text. I want to give her a testimony real quick. And then we'll get up out of here. Hey, everybody. Uh, everything Pastor just said, I went through it. And uh, it was, it's sort of weird that he said all the things he said because, I mean, I'm listening to him, but... I just see everything I've been through in the last six years uh, based off of what he said. So I'm going to try to make this quick, but when I was in college, uh, I was writing a paper one night and I was on my laptop and Pastor Oth is talking about your, your ears, what you let in your ears and what you let in your eyes. I'm writing a paper, the paper board. And I instantly see something that popped across the screen. It's like IMVU. I don't know if you all heard of that chat thing back in the day. I end up joining because I was bored. And I end up uh, talking to a guy. He was like, hey, you want to do cyber sex? It's like, what in the world is cyber sex? Um, he was like, okay, we have sex, but we're doing it online. I'm a very creative, imaginable person. imaginable person. So I like to imagine things. So that appealed to me. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's just really we were typing, but your mind will take you further than that. So I got in the habit of doing this with him every day. Um, eventually, one day, uh, we, were, we, were, we were cybering. And he, like, punched me in the middle of cybering because it's imaginary. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, this is called BDSM. I'm like, BDSM? What is this? So he started telling me about this sexual lifestyle. And uh, in BDSM, they uh, it's sex, but it's whips, change, abuse, and all this kind of craziness, right? So he's just planting seeds. Y'all know what that is, right? It's 50 it's, shades it's very, gray. It's, yeah, it's sex, but it's sadistic in nature. So you're getting beat, you're getting flogged, it's submission. pain, you're getting peed on. It can go, it can get very, very extreme. Yeah, submission, dominance, just it's marriage, but it's very extremely perverted to the umpteenth degree. So um, when he said it, this is my first time hearing it. I'm like, you sick. I'm bleeding you. But he planted the seed. So since he planted the seed, it's just in my mind. So I'm like, okay, let me go research this. Started researching, the more I research it, oh my God, these people crazy. What in the world wrong with these people? But I don't know, it was drawing me in for some reason. So uh, researched it for months. Then I end up going to IMVU and Pastor Oth always talking about, talk about Whatever you keep looking for, you keep seeking it, it's going to find you regardless. And that was one of the things that happened. I kept looking for it because at first it wasn't in my face. So I kept seeking and seeking and seeking. And eventually I found some people on IMVU who was into this. So they started schooling me on it. 
and I'm learning and I'm manning. I'm like, oh my God, this don't feel right. But at the same time, something feel right. So let me just keep doing it. Like it was this huge battle, but it was something about it. And um, one of the things I'm gonna say, the devil, he's always gonna use what you didn't have. And I didn't know that at the time. And so he, it was a need. I had a void that needed to be filled. These people were taking up time. Even though the time they were taking up, the things we were doing were perverted, they was feeling a need. They was feeling something that I didn't even know that I needed. So the thing was, because I'm such a imaginable, cre creative type person, after a while, it got boring just chatting with these people. And I'm like, okay, well, if these are people we're typing, they gotta be real. So let me start trying to find them and where they are. So what I did was I went on Google and I started typing in BDSM uh, website with real people. Didn't get nothing. I just started playing with words. Cause y'all know how Google is. You, you, you play with different words until you find what it is you're looking for. But eventually I end up finding like a social media site for it, where it's nothing but real people. I'm like, oh my God, this is just crazy. So what ended up happening was find it, I found people, real people, who end up taking me under their wing and they just schooling me. And one thing led to another, probably did that for months. And it got to the point, okay, well, we finna start meeting. Let's start meeting. So uh, I met this guy. We had a sexual relationship. You know, he was, I guess you could say, my master. And uh, it's, 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 like I said, sort of marriage and it's twisted. But, you know, basically, I am to do whatever he says, but with limitations. But for the most part, I got to do everything he say do. So... You know, he's training me, he's teaching me all this stuff, but he's also providing something that I did not have. Uh, I would say uh, it was a bun, and this lifestyle, they, they get a huge bun with you. They get to know every single thing about you, everything. They don't leave nothing untouched. And that's one of the reasons why you feel whatever this person say, I'm gonna do it. Because it's twisted love. And uh, I felt he loved me. So I'm in Albany, Georgia. I got a relationship with him. He's in Atlanta. I'm driving to Atlanta every chance I get. He's paying money. He's sending me on shopping sprees. He's doing everything. So um, he's also, at this point, he's starting to introduce me to other men. He's starting to introduce me to married couples, you know, uh, the things that I'm doing with him sexual is not about him anymore, just me and him. It's about, you know, uh, I want you to do it with this couple. I want you to do it with these people. Going deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's always, Marche, I got your back. You know, um, I'm gonna be here for you. Nobody else is not gonna do the things I'm doing for you. And whole time I'm lying to everybody in my family. Everybody, nobody knows absolutely nothing what I'm doing. Also, another thing too, I'm a very creative person, imaginable. So you tell these people your fantasies. You tell people what you want to see out, play out, 
they create uh, scenarios for you, basically giving you what you want in a twisted way, twisted, perverted way, while getting what they want. So uh, let's just say to make a long story short, it was several times I, I know I was supposed to be dead because a lot of times I'm in people's cars, in their trunks, don't know where I'm going, blindfolded, have no clue, you know, when I'm waking up the next day. This is just crazy. And, uh, well, one night, uh, I had, I moved to Atlanta. Nobody knew the true reason why I was moving to Atlanta. I was moving to the Atlanta because of uh, this lifestyle. But uh, I was also moved to Atlanta because I was ready to start my career. And I knew that Atlanta was the place to do it. But, you know, in Atlanta, you have this big, huge, sexual, crazy world. You know, you got a lot of homosexuality. You got a lot of just BDSM, a whole bunch of pervertedness. Like Pastor Othu was saying, you know, um, you have certain areas where the devil take over. And we know that in Atlanta, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, sexual pervertedness. Uh, that's what it is over Atlanta. So um, I moved here for a career. Uh, my family, they all thought that, you know, she growing in her career, yes. But for me, no, most of it because I want to get into this lifestyle and I want to go hard. That's really what it was. I was living a double life. I truly was. So um, before, I was on the submissive side. But this time, I decided when I moved to Atlanta, I want to be on the dominant side. I want to try that. So the dominant side is I'm in control. You know, the men, they're going to do what I tell them to do. So it was practice, but um, came here, got an apartment. I had men doing everything I wanted to. I had uh, debit cards, spending their money. They coming over to my house. They cleaning me and my roommate, my cousin's room, washing my cars. I say go buy this, they go buy it. Just, it, I, I loved it, you know. And one night, I went to a uh, BDSM club. And I was just, oh my God, this is amazing. I did not know this kind of thing exists. And uh, I'm literally just in there just watching anything sexual perverted that you can think of, I'm watching it. But I was so engrafted in it and uh, it was a few things that happened that told me okay this ain't for me this ain't for me this ain't for me but at the same time you know I, I felt like you you have God fighting for you but you also got a devil fighting for you and it was one the devil he know how to get you and I remember uh, getting out of a jacuzzi uh, with a few females actually because I, I knew then, I'm sorry, I'm just not homosexual. Y'all can have that. I, I got sick in my stomach. But I got out, and uh, I walked over. And honestly, I was watching about 10 men run a train on a female. And it wasn't what they were doing. It was the spiritual thing that I saw that I wanted. What I saw was control. I saw power, I saw domination, and that attracted me a lot. The reason that attracted me, though, and I didn't know it then, but I know it now, is because I had been dominated 
controlled my whole entire life. I've been manipulated my whole entire life. I was tired of it, I didn't want it. So, you know, when I saw that, that's what I want. I don't want nobody to ever be able to do that to me again. And um, it was in that moment, and I didn't know it, <laughs> but I think I sold my soul to the devil. I, I basically just said, this it. I'm giving myself to this. I don't care who know it, but I'm finna go all in. This is my life at this moment. Tomorrow, I'm going to call my sister, and I'm going to let her know this me. You can even accept it or not, but this who I am. And so, well, uh, I ain't gonna lie, we probably stayed up two days straight, so I never got a chance to call my sister. But, you know, God, he know what we doing. And he gonna do anything he gotta do to save you. So, what ended up happening, I wanna say at least three days later, I got a phone call, my brother died. And you know, I don't know if you all heard this saying, but they say that some people only change for death or tragedy. When my brother died, I instantly knew it was to save me, but I didn't know how. I, I, I don't know how to make that make sense, but what ended up happening, I went into a deep, deep, deep depression. And I didn't know it at the time that my brother died for me. But when I went into the deep, deep depression, I was getting ready to kill myself. I went and got uh, the biggest bottle of Benadryl at from CVS. I came home, took eight. Took eight, and uh, I got a phone call. So when I got that phone call, uh, it was my friend. He said, hey, Marche, you should listen to this pastor online. And uh, I went and listened to the pastor with Pastor O. Because I told my friend, because my friend didn't know I was getting ready to take my life. But I, I took the eight pills, had eight more in my hand ready to take them. But uh, when I took them, he called, and he was like, what you doing? I said, nothing, chilling. And um, he, uh, he was like, uh, I just felt that I should call you and talk to you. I was like, oh, okay, because I really went standing. I was scared to kill myself. But at the same time, why, we, we live, we, we're here to just die because I already lost my mom and I lost my dad. Now I lost my brother. We just come here to die. So let me just go ahead and speed up the process. So uh, uh, a few weeks before he, well, before this happened, one day, because I grew up in the church, but a few weeks uh, before that, I remember saying, I know I'm supposed to go to church. I know I'm supposed to give. I know I'm supposed to love. I know I'm supposed to forgive. Like, I always hear this. They always say stuff like this. But tell me something about God I don't know. I need to know something about him I don't know because when you go to church, you hear the same thing over and over. And I was frustrated with church. So um, when he called and he uh, told me to listen to Pastor O, I said, well, you know what? I guess it won't hurt to listen to one more sermon before I go ahead and kill myself. So let me do it. Well, the first sermon I listened to from Pastor O was, who report will you believe? Y'all, when I tell y'all that was the answer to that prayer, and I didn't even know I was praying to God. So, uh, okay, I took eight sleeping pills. So I didn't get finished with the sermon. 
So I ended up falling asleep halfway through the sermon. And I don't know how long I slept because I wasn't going to work. I was so depressed. I couldn't go to work. I had not lost my job. So uh, when I got up the next day, I, I finished listening to the sermon, and I instantly called Pastor Oak. Now, the thing is, God, he know what he be doing because the church said Lionheart Church International. And I'm like, okay, I'm from a small town, so I don't want to go to no big church. I just don't. So if this church huge, if he don't pick up the phone, if the pastor don't pick up the phone, I ain't going because I'm used to small churches. The pastors know you. They dealt for you. That's what I'm used to in my hometown. So if I wasn't going to get that here, I went going. I called. Pastor O picked up. We ended up talking for two hours. He invited me to the church. And I said, okay, I guess I won't kill myself today. I'm going to see what he talking about. And then, you know, we'll go from there. So I went to the church on a Tuesday, because at the time we were having church on Tuesdays. And so the crazy thing was, this man was talking about demons. I was like, oh shoot, I just know I'm supposed to be in this church. This man talking about some doggone demons. But um, I couldn't leave. So after church, talked to him, and I said, uh, it was one thing that really changed my life. I, I told him, I said, I got evicted out of my house. Well, we finna get evicted out of my house. And uh, I just need help. I need to find a job. I told him about my brother dying and everything. And so he told me to just keep coming to church. He'll help. And he also said, you can give a man a fish. Uh, and he eat for a day. But if you teach him to fish, he eat for a lifetime. So what he taught me was the law of repetition and how you pray with repetition and what will come out of it, right? So uh, I took that, and that was the beginning of God changing my path, but uh, it's another layer to this. Um, just everything he preached today. The devil will send people in y'all in your life. So, you know, God was on the verge of helping me, but Satan was well into this as well. You know, um, is it okay to say? Yeah, okay, so. She almost done. But this is, this is good for y'all to hear. But this is going to be much more powerful for somebody on the street. Trust me. Okay. Because I'm finding out some of this for the first time myself. So, I came here and, you know, we hooked up. Everything was great, but again, people have a void that they gotta have filled. So, uh, instantly, uh, one day, okay, so I, like I said, I came from a sexual background. One day I came, Pastor Otho was doing a series on sex, and y'all know how Pastor O is, he don't kill. <laughs> He gonna go in and he gonna talk about everything, right? So that's how this sermon was. But here I am, I'm trying to get delivered from sexual sin. So everything he was saying was right about how to turn on a man, how to turn on a woman. I knew because it ain't now situation sexual that I have not been in. So 
but I'm trying to get better. I'm trying not to do all this stuff that Pastor Oates is saying. He putting images in my head. Let me get out of church. So I walked out of church and I instantly walked into, at the time, we had an assistant pastor here. And, um, well, she pulled me to the back and she, she ministered to me and stuff. And we talked for a long time. I told her my story, what had been happening. And, um, well, I guess you could say one thing led to another and she became the mom figure that I never had in my life. And on surface, everything was great. I mean, oh my God, I got a mom. Like, I remember me and my best friend was on the phone. He was like, bestie, you wanted a mom your whole life. And we, we had stopped praying about it. But when, even when you weren't thinking about it, God sent you a mom. Because I, I, at first we were thinking that she was from God. So, you know, I was happy, right? And plus, like I said, Pastor Oda had him taught me the law of repetition. So the law of repetition with prayer, I'm making real good money. I'm getting a job that, you know, causing me to really be successful in life. So, um, and just growing in what Pastor Ota said. I mean, everything Pastor Ota said, I did. I mean, everything, y'all. And it, it was like, God started increasing me so fast, it wasn't even funny. It, it's like coming to this church was the best thing that ever happened to my life because, it, uh, you know, you go through life, you're not really moving. But then I came to this church. I mean, I can't make it up, y'all. Just if you do what he's saying, I'm telling you, it's going to be miracle after miracle, blessing after blessings. And um, anyways, uh, but I'm still dealing with this family. And uh, to make a long story short, I moved here and back in 2015, because I left because of my job. I was making extremely good money, and well, when I moved back, what I thought was a good family, uh, God began to show me they wasn't a good family. Uh, but what happened was, for three years, they had on a mask. And a lot of times we look at stuff on the surface, we can't see what's there deep. They, they will hide stuff, you know? And so uh, the signs were there. I just couldn't see them because it was something that I wanted it. But God had to show me if I would have paid attention to the red, the red flags, I would have seen it. So uh, after three years, because they left the church and they came to me and was like, you gonna leave Lone Yard? I said, no, God ain't told me to leave Lone Yard. So, uh, well, what happened after that was, let's just say some witchcraft and stuff, all that started happening. I thought I was supposed to leave Lone Yard. So I left under the impression that I was supposed to. I, I thought I was, I thought I was supposed to leave Lionheart. I truly did. So I left. And one other thing I can say, I know that now I know this was truly my covering because when I left my covering, things they went bad fast. And God still covered me and things going bad because I was deceived. He knew I was deceived, but I didn't know I was deceived. And um, what ended up happening was, within that year, it was so many red flags and 
At first, my eyes were not open, but like Pastor Ota said, God will let you go down that path. The more I went down that path, the more I saw stuff, but it was still, well, this person like my mom, like my dad. And I need this in my life, so I couldn't see. But one day, God just, he really opened my eyes. I mean, he opened them. And what God was showing me is, all this stuff happened because it was a void. And the devil played on you. He knew what you needed. He knew what you wanted. You didn't even know what you wanted, but he knew. So he used that to his advantage. He used all of it to his advantage. And uh, he let me go down this path. I felt like I could not come back to Lionheart. And so um, Pastor Otha had to come and basically let me know I could, but even with him coming back, it was this huge battle. It was this huge battle between God and the devil. And he's so right, y'all. Your, your life is so valuable, and the devil is going to fight hard, and he do not play fair. He will even turn you against the people who are there for you. You, you, you won't even be able to see that they trying to help you because you're so blinded, you're so deceived to where it looks like they can't be what I'm supposed, all the advice that they giving me, it can't be right because it goes against what I want. It goes against this desire that I don't had in my heart for so long. So I wanted to do the right thing. I just didn't know how the right thing looked. So, um, I guess to make a long story short, Pastor Ota sort of had to rescue me. And, um, well, it ain't no sort of, he did rescue me. But even today, I'm still seeing how, um, I guess you could say learning how hard the devil fight, learning how much how much he came after me with that situation and y'all he do it so subtly it will never be directly in your face you really have to pay attention to the very very small things because people will mask themselves and they'll say all the right things they'll do all the right things but their intentions are not right their intentions are not of god they got a hidden agenda it's, it's all about them. And they're going to do any and everything they can to, to get that agenda uh, to pass. And ultimately, it's not about them. It's about Satan's agenda because it was so bad. You know, these people really almost drove me crazy. I mean, mentally. I, I had to go to therapy and everything. Um, but God, he kept sending people. It, all throughout this entire process, he kept sending people, but because of the blindness, it was hard to receive from the people, but because I was open to receiving, he never gave up. He never stopped, no matter how blind I was. And also, God did have to show me. He sort of allowed me to go through it because you you have a greater appreciation for the people around you who do tell you the right thing. So even now with that, I've always been a teachable spirit. But now, like your godly community, I've learned Lionheart is truly my godly community.
And I never have to worry about Pastor Oath or Pastor Lorana, all the ministers at the church telling me anything because I know this is my destiny. And he was talking about your destiny. We don't know what our destinies are. I know my destiny is going to be birthed out of Lionheart Church. I know my husband, whoever, I know he's going to be found with me being attached to this church because God has placed these people in my life uh, to steer me to my destiny. Like I said, I've grown so much in the last five years. Even coming back after the year that I've left, I'm still growing extremely fast. And God has shown me as long as you're with the people that you're supposed to be, you're always going to increase fast. But when you're with people who you're not supposed to be with, you're going to be standing or you ain't going to grow at all or you're going to go down. So um, it's a lot to it, but everything that he preached touched on that entire situation. I didn't plan on giving it testimony, but I just can't, I cannot stress it enough. Please be careful with the people that are around you because they truly are the people that Satan will use to get you off the path. I mean, I'm at Lionheart Church and they in the midst of Lionheart Church. So you got to be careful even with the people in the church. I mean, I can. Uh, the biggest thing I can say, definitely learn from Pastor Otho and everything that they're saying with relationships because, you know, they not telling us anything wrong. They actually telling us everything that we need to know. So just be careful and mindful of every relationship. Like he said, be sure they're leading you to God, not from God. And even if they saying the Bible, y'all the devil know the Bible too. So you got to look at not just what they're saying, but how, what, what, what does they life portray? Don't get close to nobody until you see how they live in. That's one other thing that I've learned in this situation. Like, yeah, you saying all the right things, but let me see how your kids is. Let me see how you live your life. Let me see how your finances is. Let me see how you feel about debt. Let me see how you feel about raising your kids. Do all this stuff actually line up with the Bible? Because if it don't line up with the Bible, regardless of what they say, they're not who you want in your life. So it's pretty much my testimony. All right, let's give her a hand for that. <laughs> Sit up here and make me preach. So that is unfortunate, but I will, with her permission, I'll put that part up. And um, yeah, I remember when I was, where I was when the Lord, because when she first left, I tried to talk her, you know, and say, hey, this is a mistake. But when, when you're blind, you're deceived, you know, she couldn't see it. So I just backed off and was very frustrated because uh, the Lord had told me that the uh, other couple. Were... And so I was dealing with that. It's a lot of things I've dealt with. Not I shouldn't say a lot, but a few things like that. And so, you know, but it's, let me tell you something. It's a terrible thing when the Lord warns you five months out, I'm kicking them out and I'm firing them. And then five months later, they rebuke you and say that they're leaving. And the Holy Spirit says, shh, I told you. So, you know, that's unfortunate, but it's real. And, you know, I didn't know she was going to share it. I didn't know she was going to share it all. But going down that path, there are moments that the Lord allows a window into the seriousness of what my wife and I have to deal with. And so only at this very moment, only at this very moment do I know 
that I have 100, that the circle is 100% complete, that every person is in the position that they're in is supposed to be in that position only at this moment. And that only happened about two months ago, <laughs> after six years. It takes a while to make it perfect before the Lord can advance you to take over the planet. Take over the planet, every situation got to be right. And you have to wait on the Lord. You have to wait on the Lord. Okay. But it also shows you the seriousness of what I mean by when I preach things and I get off track and I say things and a person is getting ready to commit suicide. Listen to that. That's crazy. This doesn't apply to everybody. It doesn't apply to everybody. But, but that's the situation because I can answer that question. I'm not going to ask and let y'all go. But remember what T.D. Jake said last week? He said, how many people got to die for you to change your ways? Hey. And so the Lord in his wisdom knows how to do things a particular way to save individuals. And if, it, if it's death, then he will use it because he's thinking about eternity, not 70 years. And this stuff is very extreme. And so, you know, we have to operate at a level to be able to save people like her and others. You realize how powerful it is to come out of something that crazy? You realize how even, um, even more powerful it is for you to be able to stand up in front of your church family and you share that and nobody looks you at any, they have more respect for you because you shared it. You realize how great it is? Where I came from, I could never share nothing like that. Not even close. I couldn't share I had a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's the power when Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Okay. So, I thank God for that testimony. Almost felt me. I felt like my sermon was dry. Maybe it was supposed to come for you. Whatever. That was, yes. I don't need to add nothing else to do. That was, so we just thank you for sharing that. Because I didn't know it was that deep. And, um, but but she re she realizes now that what the others were trying to do, that, that we were there. Because the moment she connected herself to my wife, just like that, scared her. So, and not because we, not because we so got great rules. It's just that she was connected to the right people. You know what I'm saying? So that's an exact example of be careful who's in your life. They will take you to hell, and you'll get there before they will. So let's go ahead and lift our hands. Thank you, O Father God. We bless and honor your holy name. Thank you, O Lord, for your delivering power. Thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, O Lord God, for your plan that sees beyond our mistakes and our sins. Your plan, oh Lord God, that looks into the future and redirects and orchestrates things for our personal benefit. You have eternity on your mind. So, Lord God, as a result of it, you will allow us to struggle at times. You will allow us to be disappointed at times. You will allow us, oh Father God, even to be depressed at times. Not because you caused it, but because we don't understand what is going on. We thank you, O oh Lord God, that you will answer every question, whether on this side or the other. And when those questions are answered, we will have joy for eternity, peace for eternity, true relationships for eternity. But in the meantime, O oh God, we pray that you would continually create in this church an atmosphere of heaven by which when men go there, they will not be able to tell the difference in regards to the love. So increase our capacity to love, increase our capacity to see, increase our capacity to understand. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that you are using us to bring many people out of the darkness into the marvelous light. And when they come out, those who come out of the greatest darkness, those, O oh Lord God, will be the greatest evangelists. Those will be the ones who will walk in the greatest power. And we thank you, Father, for creating in us clean hearts, 
creating a culture by which, oh, Father God, these things can happen. And these things will begin to happen at a phenomenal rate of speed. So I thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing in the lives of all of your precious people on today. Pray, oh, Lord God, your blessing over them. Pray, oh, Lord God, that as they leave this place, your divine protection is over them in all that they do. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for allowing us to experience the true power of God at work when it seems like everything is hopeless, O oh Father. Thank you for this testimony that shows us that you are at work at all times, for you never sleep and you never slumber. So we bless you, we honor you, and we thank you, Lord God, for this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. All in agreement with that said, amen. Let me say this, for just, just as a note. For some of your relatives, you must understand that God will allow them to stay in the mess on purpose. Because the longer he needs them to stay in it long enough so that when it's time to come out, they want to come out because they've been in it too long. They, he, need, he, he let them get ingrained in the mess, completely filthy, almost to the point of destruction and depression and annihilation because now they are broken in the situation. Okay, now you're ready to come out. If you bring her out too soon, you're going to go back in because we brought you out too soon. God in his wisdom knows when to break. He knows how to break a man. He knows how to break a woman. So when you see a relative going down to the ground, keep on praying for him because at any given moment, boom, Saul was killing Christians. And then in three days after meeting with Jesus, he was in the temple preaching and getting them saved. <laughs> three days. Okay. Superman. Oh man, how many of y'all claimed? I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I came just to hear that, not my little dry sermon. I was just giving y'all a refresher course today, but that was powerful. So, alrighty. Well, we're gonna get up out of here. Don't forget that on July the fourth and fifth, we will not be having service at either one of the locations. That's a Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we'll have a video next weekend for our church picnic.